Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast was previously recorded on January 1st, 2014. Jim and Aaron are still having lunch every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Join Club Bald Move to watch these lunches live. You can also connect with us on the forums.baldmove.com or on Twitter with the hashtag baldlunch. It's another bald move production in motion. Launch with Jim and Aaron. I am the Aaron part of this equation. I'm the Jim part. And uh, this, I entitled this the the Hangover Holidays Extravaganza. Hmm. You know, it's Friday. A lot of people are still still trying to get rid of my hangover. Yeah, but <laughs> put the hair in the dog, man. That's the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we could talk about. Some of the Christmas loot we got, maybe catch up because we haven't really talked a lot in ten days. Yeah, I've been in California. A lot of a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's been going on, I'm sure. And then, of course, the Q and A app is enabled. And uh, is it enabled? Pretty sure know. it's enabled. It's enabled. Question. So uh, when 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 we get to a lull here, we'll start uh, taking comments and questions and whatnot. If you okay. don't know how to use the Q and A app, there should be a little strip at the bottom of your YouTube viewer that says "Join the conversation." Uh, you click on that, and it should unlock the ability to uh, post questions to the stream. Mm-hmm. So there you go, Jim. Uh, you get any cool stuff for Christmas? Sure, sure. Uh, I forget the name of the board game you gave me, which we need to play. A few sometime. acres of snow, yeah. A few acres of snow. Uh, yeah. Is that hoodie Sounds new? Cool. Hoodie is new. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend's family parents gave uh-huh. this to me. Just do it, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a really nice hoodie. It's uh. Fits really well. Feels is it a really coded good. message? What are they wanting you to just do? I don't know. I don't. I, did you, have, I, mean, I didn't read that far into it. <laughs> none. None. Maybe I should have. I don't know. The sleepless but, nights begin now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that. Uh, that's the worst Christmas gift I've received is <laughs> the sheer terror of imagining what the hidden message behind this hoodie is. Sure. Uh, I got some Star Trek related stuff over the holidays. Um, so maybe the most useful thing I got is a Star Trek robe, which is like, yeah. So it's, it's a robe that is like the yellow goldie version of a Star Trek uniform, like original series. Is it because like super cool in one season, Kirk was running around with one of those things where it was like a double breasted (laughs) deal. Is it like that? It's just like, no way. I mean, it's not just like that. It's more like the uniform. Uh, uh, like the standard uniform, but uh, uh, it's super cool and it's it's awesome because I'm a nerd. Sure. One and also because I've been kind of talking to my girlfriend about how I wanted a robe mm. just for lounging around in. Is that what I'm going to be treated to in the studio? Yeah. You're just like yes. It's, it's, I almost it's gone wore from pajama it pants to now it's just going to be robe, no pants. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm just going to Sean Connery it up. Uh, robe on top. We've talked no about that. Bottom. We've talked about that. The possibility of Sean Connery, which if you don't know, yeah, a we'll tip just call I, it Connering. The Connering. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a horror movie. The Connering. <laughs> you, you look into a mirror, say his name three times. Fortunately, and... I give us one chance in three. <laughs> and his character from Entrapment shows up. Uh, but one of the things I got from Ivan Retman, I believe, a director commentary for Red October, <laughs> is that apparently Sean Connery is a sweater. Which, uh-huh. which I can understand. Sure. I'm, I'm a sweater myself. I buy that. And uh, in a lot of the scenes when they were in those cramped submarine sets, uh, uh, he was sweating and he would just take his pants off mm-hmm. because he's filmed from the waist up and that helped him deal with it. This was later confirmed when I was l- watching some behind the scenes stuff with Indiana Jones and yeah. Harrison Ford mentioned it. Yeah, I think it's in uh, the one where they're in the blimp. The blimp. I, I forget the name of that one. He whipped off his pants to keep from sweating in that sweet uh, that uh, tweed jacket and yep. hat. And mm-hmm. and Harrison Ford is like, well, fuck, I'm not going to wear pants suit. either. Yeah. And as far as you guys know, I, 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 you know, I could be not wearing pants. 
which sure. is relevant because the Bald Moose Studio in the I summer, could actually be wearing a tube, a t- tube top here, and you might not even know. <laughs> the Bald Moose Studio, especially in summer, gets hot as balls yeah. because we shut the door to, uh, to, to block out any external sound. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got lights, we've got computers, we've got all that stuff going. Two 98.6 degree bodies and mm-hmm. uh, very poor circulation. I could do- totally Connor due to Connoring. Okay. Uh, don't please. All right. I'm still here. Well, I'll make a deal. I'll wear <laughs> pants if you if you if if you do. If I don't wear this my robe, this is mutual okay. assured destruction. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that was super cool. Um, I also got some Star Trek socks, which I haven't worn yet. Uh, mm. a theme going on in the California gift giving scene. Lots Star of, Trek. Lots of Star Trek. Yeah. So I thought those were pretty cool. Well, I think that California and their uh, to, to rush to become a utopian paradise, they you know heard about the Star Trek economy, Star mm-hmm. Trek based economy, where it's you know basically matter replicators and infinite energy being prosperous and all that stuff. They took it a little too literally, and uh-huh. now the official currency in in California is Star Trek memorabilia and merchandise. Mm-hmm. So you might have gotten <laughs> might have gotten a little bit of that. Are you saying my robe was replicated? <laughs> oh, I'm saying it was saying? made in a sweatshop in China and used as Oh, that's Hard a, that's, effect, that's effectively of replication, right? Oh, <laughs> except for on free energy, it runs on human misery. <laughs> sure, how that would be funny. That's, that's the if dystopia time, in Star Trek. Every time Earl, you know, uh, Patrick Stewart said, <laughs> "T Earl Grey, hot." There's some Cardassian uh-huh. child labor that they were they're squeezing the water out of his body to make it. I thought you meant Kardashian for a second. <laughs> I was like, "What?" There, that's not a crime. That's a victimless crime. Sure. Employing sure. Kardashians. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I got um, the big ticket item is I got a PlayStation 4. Sweet. And Who gave couple, you that? Uh, it was kind of like a combined family gift. Okay. So several combined people. Combined family gift. Yeah. Instead of. That's awesome. You know, I'm uh, not making a lot of money right now. So instead of getting me like a bunch of useless bullshit, mm-hmm. uh, the, the people like pitched together and, and got me a PS4. Cool. And I got a couple of games, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And um, my 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 girlfriend's mom got me a waffle maker because, yes. as you know, I'm a pancake guy. Uh huh. You gonna be a waffle guy now? Yeah, and it's hard because I haven't got it dialed in at all. Uh, the, the 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 waffle recipe is essentially an oily oilier, thicker pancake, but okay. to get the consistency just right, so you don't get like gaps in the waffle grids and it's not soggy and all that stuff. I haven't really got it dialed in yet. Betty Crocker, just go grab her stuff or whoever, Aunt Jemima, whatever you she's got. You can use a kit. You sure you can. Kit. That's what I would do. I still think, well, it's, that's <laughs> a thing. Like I used to use kits to make uh, pancakes and the uh-huh. uh, efforts were less than impressive. So hmm. uh, I'm just uh, trying to tweak my waffle recipe to get it there. Definitely the most useful thing. I forgot about this. The most useful thing I got was a Chipotle gift card because that got used the day that I came back. Yeah. Like just immediately I got off the plane. I was like Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, that's, that was on the, uh, the, the hot list of gifts to give you. And I was going to like uh, uh-huh. get a label made that said burrito town instead of Chipotle to put on top of it. <laughs> awesome. That's what uh, we call it internally. At yeah. Baldwin headquarters. Head over to burrito town and get yourself a burrito. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I've been playing a lot of video games. I love Me video too. games. I don't get to play a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been a steam sale um i'm a huge infamous fan the playstation 3 series yeah and i got infamous second sons as a digital download with my playstation 4 Uh and it's really cool it's one of my biggest problems with infamous was i thought the main character was kind of a chode i mean he's just like this nondescript hero from a guy Ritchie film kind of uh, they fixed that in Second Sons by essentially making the character Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's actually Troy Baker. If if you follow that video blew games. my mind. Yeah, Troy Baker's in like everything now because he was Joel from The Last of Us. He played the Joker yeah. in the latest Arkham City, and he's the new Nolan North. And now he's playing like a pitch perfect Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, but it's set in upstate Washington originally. You're 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 actually. Um, a Native American kind of of hmm. uh, into it, into it, okay, a uh, heritage, mm-hmm. um, and you're from like one of those reservations or uh, you know hmm. those towns, 
and you you flee to uh, Seattle to kind of figure out why you're a conduit. It's like, you know, one of those stories is like seven years after the last one. And uh-huh. the United States has become like a totalitarian regime because they're concerned with bioterrorism. Stop me if any of this sounds like really ham-fisted commentary <laughs> on on surveillance states or anything like that. But sure. uh, it's cool because they they're you know it's a, it's the like one of the flagship things for a new console. So they do a lot of really weird stuff where like this guy's a graffiti tagger. So there's a lot of like flip your PS controller oh, sideways. Oh, those stupid and gimmicks. It, but it's 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 kind of neat because the the PlayStation has a controller has a speaker built into it, uh-huh. and like when you shake it, it makes like a the pitch paint perfect can rattling paint can rattle, and use the triggers that the, the, the <laughs> spray paint walls and stuff, uh-huh. and you can get good or evil karma for doing that. That's awesome, but man, that stuff gets old so fast. It's already getting right. old. Yeah. yeah, so it's like you know the third or fourth time you do it, it's like no, just come it's on. Like what was that horrible dragon game that came out when PS3 was brand new, like. uh Crap, I can't remember, but you controlled the dragon by using mm. the motion controls. I know what you're talking about. The, the six axes. I want to say it's Di- Diagiza, but it's not. No, definitely not. Or Panzer Dragoon. It was in that. <laughs> no, that's not it. It was it was something more akin to dragoon. like, it was like a single word, and I, I can't remember the name, but, it, it you know, nobody played it because it was terrible. Yeah. The controls were rotten because they were trying to use this gimmick. and Right. Ugh. I, I hate that stuff. Just use the stuff that works, not the stuff that sure. is fancy and new. Sure. But uh, I've I've got a couple hours into that. Uh, I've been playing Shadows of Mordor a lot. Nice. I feel like I'm about halfway through that game. That's You'd a good beat game. that game. Yeah, I played that game all the way through. But I got... So, with my experience with Shadows of Mordor, I was playing Batman Arkham Asylum and Arkham City right before that. Oh, so when I like literally I went from those two games straight into Mordor. I got burnt out on that combat system real quick. I can understand why, because Shadows of Mordor is the Batman mechanic. It's it's exactly that. But it's but it's a little bit sloppier, I feel. Like just just slightly sloppier, because they really dialed in the Batman stuff in game number two. And they punish you. Like if you go yeah. to do like one of your standard attacks on the wrong opponent, not only do you break your combo meter, which allows you to do if you've mm-hmm. never played a Batman game before, um, the really cool thing about it is it makes you feel like Batman because you can drop into yeah. like a, a ring of 30 thugs and just wreck them mm-hmm. in really creative ways, but it's all based on you flawlessly executing these button presses. Yeah. And if you screw up and you hit the wrong button on the wrong enemy, it breaks your combo meter. You usually get punished for it. Uh-huh. Mordor, it's like, I can flail. I mean, it doesn't do anything. I can flail a whale at one of the guys that got a shield with my sword. It doesn't break my combo streak. It builds the combo streak. And I and, and, and as long as I parry his counterattack, it doesn't punish me. So I've been able to rack up really epic counters with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just didn't feel like the, the combat system was as tight. I'm not a big fan of the Assassin's Creed style, but like I feel like those two systems meshed really well together. I thought so, too. Overall. Because that's one of my biggest critiques of Assassin's Creed is that I feel like the combat is a little clunky. Yeah, it is. And it's only fun to assassinate this like by marrying Batman with yeah. the assassin. Uh, you know, Because it's essentially, it's, a, it, it's an endless stream of assassinations <laughs> against orc chieftains is the is the game sure in a uh, until until you get to the point where i did where the nemesis system the board is completely wiped out there are no more war chiefs to kill you've killed every single person on the board and the world is just your oyster at that point your scarface snorting so, mountain of see, i did that i got like halfway done and mm-hmm. then i screwed up and ended up dying yes which I they, didn't, they all get replaced it's like that's it, awesome it advances time but like when you've got that much stuff built up it's mm-hmm. like watching an hour's worth of wwe because <laughs> orcs are just <laughs> and stepping up and killing each other and the yeah, whole board's yeah. changing it's like it's really cool pop some popcorn mm-hmm. um have you noticed that like some of these guys just keep coming back like I've killed uh, the same dude like four or five times. Yeah, and he gets more every time he comes back. He gets more and more mangled. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like I don't, I don't know what the lore is on Lord of the Rings. Do like orcs get resurrected somehow? Is there a factory pumping out orcs? I know for a fact there's a factory pumping out like orcs. Stitching together, we, we saw them. The pieces of old orcs and like, I don't know. Well, so. It's weird if I do like a fatality on one of these guys, because there's there's some gruesome ones where you can like just chop off their head. 
they turn into like a shrine of skulls and a, their head on a pike. If you just mm. kill them, they're dead on the ground. It seems like when you kill them, they're dead on the ground, they come back. But just this one guy, every time he comes back, they're more and more gruesome and scarred. This guy essentially is a burlap sack with a loincloth now. <laughs> with big iron clamps holding his face together. It's, it's yeah. pretty horrific. His new tagline, why are you picking on me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he gets more and more powerful as he comes back, too. It's yeah. just weird. Um, yeah, yeah. I like the system where if, um, if one of those guys kills you, yeah. Then in your friends' games, yes. the, the revenge option shows up where you mm-hmm. go to avenge their death and yeah. kill that guy. Yeah. It's really cool. And you also can get like their vengeance kill for yourself too, because there's like yeah. a little token over their head if they kill you. Mm-hmm. And I love paying those fuckers back. Yeah. But um, that's cool. Now you don't give a shit about lore, mm-hmm. but this game, like, how do you spend 20 hours playing a video game where you don't understand a story? I, the mechanics are so good that I just a through the whole thing. I just button through all the bullshit. That's all the bullshit. Meaning Lord of the Rings mythology. Don't yeah. give a fuck. Also, this story is not good. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't button through the whole thing, but like halfway through, I was like, Nope, I'm done with this. And I buttoned through the rest of it. Hmm. I haven't, I haven't decided whether or not it's good um i'm i'm enough steeped into the lord of the Rings stuff where like i get like the big reveal of who the wraith actually was i kind of blew my hair back oh okay um but yeah i i haven't decided whether it's good or bad it doesn't feel very middle the main character's milk toast like he's like i don't feel super awesome when i'm playing him other than the fact that i'm doing super awesome combat stuff no i think i feel like it's the game shines when you when you're just using the wraith powers like especially the long distance where mm-hmm. you can shoot a bow yeah. at somebody and then instantly teleport to where the arrow hits and decapitate them just yeah. never gets old. Well, I went in and I mind controlled all the war chiefs. I haven't gotten I that was yet. Just like, I'm just going to mind control you guys. So I started at the bottom because I was like, okay, I'm going to clear out this entire board of nemesis guys. <laughs> did, you, did you mind? Did you brand the entire board? No, 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 no. <laughs> so what I did is I would brand all of their underlings. Uh-huh. And so when I went in to fight the war chiefs the underlings would just do most of the work for me, mm. which worked really well. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I like releasing those uh, tiger things, the Kranagans or whatever. That's my play. Yeah. 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 The, Cause they're like wrecking machines. Crack corns. Yeah. For what the orcs have a hard time dealing with them. Caragors. Caragors. Wow. See, you did read a little bit of I lore. Think, <laughs> I remember they're the all wheelbarrow. I, I like the, I like the yeah, lore, yeah. but everything's wheelbarrow to me. <laughs> um, shall we get some questions? And yeah, then, yeah. I'd like to talk about destiny too. Cause that was the other surprise. Oh, okay. I've been playing a lot of roguelikes lately. Like rogue legacy is a phenomenal game. Don't have any questions yet. So let's continue to talk about, uh, Oh yeah, we do. Um, wants to know Wes. Not sure if you've had much time to watch new movies in 2014, but did you guys have any favorites from last year? Interstellar was great. Interstellar uh, was that's awesome. The most recent one I saw. I haven't seen a lot of the. Usually in January and February, I go and see a lot of the Oscar contenders. But yeah. I don't have a lot of money this year, and it's expensive to go to the movies, so I don't know what right. I'm going to do. Like Is Bird Dallas Man? Buyers Club this year? Because that was an incredible no, movie. No, well, it's last year for Oscars. I think it came out in December of last year. Okay. But it's it's right. it's not going to get any awards this year for sure. I mean, I definitely saw it way after it came out in theaters. I yeah. saw it, you know, uh, just downloaded it or whatever. I thought Dallas Club was interesting. It wasn't, and and Matthew McConaughey, I don't know why it's so impressive for actors to put on or, or lose an enormous amount of weight, but it's, it's not easy to do, I guess, you know, hmm. I mean, it's, you know, do you, do you respect Christian Bale more for doing that stuff? I certainly do. Do you? Yeah. Because here's the thing. If I'm an, if I'm an actor, uh, who is worth millions mm-hmm. and it's my job and given 12 going. weeks to lose a ton of weight, um, or to gain a ton of weight. And I have access to anabolic steroids and the finest doctors and fitness experts known to man. And a home gym. And a home gym. It's that's, that's pimped out with the latest and greatest. That's, it's, that's, to me, acting is about like, you know, transforming yourself into a character. And I guess the physical transformation it is does some, help. Yeah. It, it helps. But to me, it's like, that's like, that's like Oscar bait. And I don't understand why. Because you think the people in Hollywood understand. Yeah, the availability of home gyms and nutrition and fitness. and <laughs> But I feel like it's only those actors who are 
just really engrossing themselves in the role who are doing that stuff. So it's not like you get fucking the guy from Twilight bulking up or cutting a bunch of weight yeah. to get into his role because he's not that good of an actor. He doesn't really care. Like yeah. that's the thing about Christian Bale, Matthew McConaughey, those kind of guys who do that stuff. They really care about being that character, not mm-hmm. just acting like that character. They want to. They want to be that character for a, a while. So uh, the I the that, one that's why I feel it's it's valuable. I don't know. There's a Wes Anderson movie that I want huh? to see. Um, I forget what it's called. Moonrise Kingdom. No, that was last yeah. year's, which okay. is good. Um, I don't know what it's like. Kind of like the Darjeeling Limited. It's that kind of feel. Um, ah, crap! Hmm. I can't remember what it's called. I want to see that. There's a new Paul Thomas Anderson app that I want to see. Birdman. With Michael Keaton, that looks pretty cool. I can't get past a costume. I can't get past a grown man wearing a costume with a fucking beak on it. You didn't like? I can't do it. You didn't see the classic Condor Man back in eighties? <laughs> no. That was gold. And I would gave. I would have given double birds to that. This is like a if it, if of all this is is a rated R version of Condor Man. I'm in. I actually think it's a bit more complicated than that. Okay, I, I hear it's great. I saw Into the Woods this weekend. I took my kid and my girlfriend to see that movie, Blue. I don't know anything about that movie. It's a, I guess it's a Broadway play, but it's, which I usually am all in for. Um, but it is uh, like a mashup of Little Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, and Jack and a Beanstalk, where all these are happening in the same town. Okay. And then you've got the various Princes Charming and Chris so it's Pine. Grim. Once, once upon a time, grim. No, it's because it's it takes the material kind of serious. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Meryl Streep is the witch. Chris Pine plays Prince Charming, and he's really, really funny in it. But it's like you know, one of my biggest pet peeves in entertainment is tonal conflict, and mm-hmm. this thing is this lighthearted puff piece that then just tries to go fucking heavy at the end mm. and i'm just like nah nah get the hell out of here get the hell out of here <laughs> you can't you can't have this thing turn into a after school special yeah you know, with 30 minutes to go no mm. i'm out um so yeah mm. i don't know um i've seen a lot of superhero stuff yeah i've seen none of that i know because you, you're not into that uh, no. guardians of the galaxy was a really really fun time so yeah. here one, I mean, I think you got like the first Iron Man, Avengers, and Guardians of the Galaxy as far as fun superhero movies. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it hasn't been a big year for me for movies so far. No, me either. Uh, you know, we've done so much with TV that I, I feel like I don't even want to bother with movies for the most part. Um, moving on to E. Brown, The Wire is streaming on HBO Go and HD now. We'll be getting some bald move covered soon. Define soon because how do I point to you on this camera? There you go. It's doing it. Uh, you actually pointed to a liquor cabinet, but through the modern, the miracle of split screen. <laughs> um, I yeah, I don't know. Um, it's not coming up in the next couple of months because I'm super busy. Oh God, we're super busy through the end of May. Like yeah. Maybe the summer lull. Maybe the summer lull is when I get to the first season of The Wire. But it's amazing. Have you seen any of it? I didn't think I'd get a chance to see any of it. The HD version? I haven't, no. I watched like three or four episodes on December 26th after a kid went to bed. Mm-hmm. It's glorious. Like, I fully expect... I David Simon wrote this like 30,000 word essay on his website about how, you know, the process of converting this 4-3 and his... his friend who was the uh, the director of photography who died like in this middle of season four and they continued to do the four three in his name and how this gave it the intimate (laughs) documentary feel and how (laughs) wow yeah no it's like he's like committed to this thing being four three but at the end of it he kind of says but you know we worked really hard on making the widescreen high def version work there's only a few scenes where it really still irks me that some of the framing is messed up Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of expected to, well, you know, the four, three version is the version of the wire. That's the original. And that's the way you should see it in standard def, but man, I'm too much of an audio visual, a whore and yeah. the HD stuff is tasty. Standard def. It just looks terrible now. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I get the four by three stuff, right? His boxes within boxes sort of, which I don't understand like why, style, but that's the, I would have been that to me. Everyone wins. If you've got this in 35 millimeter, 
then just do a letterboxed only on the side version if you want to main it seems like his biggest beef is the 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 uh aspect ratio screw ups mm-hmm. seems like everybody wins if you just make it a four three version in high def that being said yeah. i love the widescreen version and i've yet to see a single <laughs> frame where i'm thinking oh this is fucked boxes within rectangles and the other thing is interesting is simon said when he was watching it some of the scenes work better in in widescreen because there's huh. like a couple scenes like um um this is kind of a spoiler but if you've never seen a wire it will mean absolutely nothing to you when sabatka gets killed at the dock and all the dock workers are it kind of mm-hmm. has this big crane shot of them standing around looking at his body mm-hmm. it's like you get a better feeling of isolation with more of the screen because gotcha. they're just this tiny ring of guys standing around this dude and he said that actually yeah. worked a lot better in the widescreen so it's like yeah the one he, he mentioned as as being a um a, a, a major detraction is I guess there's a scene where Weebe is talking to D'Angelo um, and they're framed on, at this fast food place and there's a neon sign that says burgers over uh, D'Angelo mm. and Weebe it says hot dogs and they're said that symbolically that means Weebe is a tough one and D'Angelo's soft he's like you know chopped meat he's a weenie uh, well, but that's the thing. Like, I don't know. That's like, I don't know, David Simon. You're a genius and all. But the signs but are I still never... in the same place, right? Well, like I... having a little bit extra on the sides is not. I'm... Yes, I know. Detracting that's... from idea. That that's these the are one that he highlighted on his blog as being a problem. Like, I don't David know. Simon, I don't know, man. I don't know that that's a huge problem because number one, I never got the symbolism. I don't. I, so I don't buy any of those arguments. The one argument that I do buy is that it is, it is a tribute to his, uh, to the the DP or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's fine. I, I think that's awesome. If you continue in the same style that he established, great. Uh, the other arguments, like, what does adding a little bit extra visuals on the side change? Um, I, I mean, symbolically, the boxes within boxes stuff, I guess, doesn't work quite as well. Uh, now you've got boxes within rectangles. I don't know exactly what that's supposed to mean, mm-hmm. the, the box stuff that he's got going on, but he does do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know that it makes that much of a difference, yeah. to, especially to the average viewer, right? Like, I mean... I mean, when you're talking average viewer, I've heard more than a few people be turned off, and, and I was almost yes. in that category. People I, who just won't watch it because it's in low depth. I got the box set of The Wire when I first saw it. My friend gave it to me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been hearing about this from, <laughs> this Jason like Will, from Jason Whitlock and Bill Simmons and my uh-huh. friends. And I'm, I'm, I've got my Cavassier and I got my fine steak and I got my wire. And I, I started up and it's like, this is not good it's grainy and it's in it's like wrong if you, aspect ratio if you took all of the cg in let's say guardians of the galaxy and replaced them with muppets <laughs> yeah be like uh, mm, this changes the film fundamentally <laughs> right and it, it, it took me a while to get into the wire and the wire is tough tough sledding anyway yes so i feel yeah. like anything you can do to reduce the barrier of entry for people like that um is a good Friction. thing so yeah but yeah that's that's the update on that um Freddie C wants to know have we gotten to the binding of Isaac yet? Nope, I don't think I ever will. Really? Uh, I understand that it is somewhat roguelike. I understand that it is a fun game, but I just don't think I'm ever going to get to it. Well, I got it. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Cecily are thinking. Did you get rebirth, or did you get the? Yeah, I got the the rebirth version. Good. So um, I've got it. I got it for on Steam because it was on sale for like four ninety nine or something. Yeah. Pulled the trigger on that, and uh, it's co-op. This is one of the reasons, because me and Cecily are always looking for games we can play together rather than just taking turns. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of excited to try that. I will report back. If you like Binding of Isaac, there's a, there's a podcast I listen to called Lost Cast, and they made a game called A Wizard's Lizard, which is similar in a lot of ways. I've seen you play Wizard's Lizard. Yeah, it's fun. Hmm. Uh, it has some frame rate issues, but... Other than that, it's a lot of fun. Let's see. Uh, Cal Jr. wants to know if there's any New Year's resolutions we have. 
I don't know. Um, especially as regards bald move, we haven't got back to work yet. I feel like that's one of the first things we're going to do in the new year is sit down and kind of say, what do we want to do with bald move this year? Oh, um, see, I thought he was asking personal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going there. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> it's like, well, so this is I getting mean, deep. Yeah. There, there are two, there are two layers here, right? There's bald move and sure. there's personal stuff. Sure. Uh, bald move stuff we haven't talked about yet, but that's coming up. Um, personal stuff. No, I mean, I'd like to get in better shape. That's, that's about it. But that's everyone's New Year's resolution. Mm. Everyone who's ever existed has had the New Year's resolution get in shape. Well, so I, I got in really good shape about four years ago. Mm. And that's my year. I've, I've, I've set other goals for myself and achieved many of them. But that's my goal is like I've gained back like 35 pounds that I, that I lost. And certainly my cardiovascular fitness uh, went from yeah. running mini marathons. I don't even know I could run a mile at this point. Yeah. So that's what I, I started doing is I've got a, uh, a morning routine that I've lined out. A uh, morning routine. Jesus. Yeah. It's just a series of like push ups, sit ups, squats oh, okay. and pull ups Yeah, yeah. that I can keep track and like, you know, progressively get bigger and bigger or not bigger, bigger, uh, progressively do more of. And it's just like Those body weight ones resistance. you want to do. Yeah. That's something you can do in like, you know, nail in 10, 15 minutes mm-hmm. and get to baseline because I want, um, my goal is to run like a 5k every other week starting in the spring. Wow. That's not that, that sounds impressive. That's but 5k a, is not that big a deal. No, it's not, but that's a time commitment, you know, <laughs> like that's no joke. Eh, you can run it. I mean, that's the thing. You can bang out a 5k in like 30 to 40 minutes. So... The big thing is that they're, they, okay. can, they can get expensive. So you're, so you're not talking, wait, you are talking about events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those take far more than 30 or 40 minutes. You got to drive the thing. You got to wait for the setup. You got to, I mean, it's going to take you hours. No. Oh, yeah, hours. No, no, no. <laughs> you're crazy. You're crazy, man. <laughs> but the, the, the thing is, is you have to show up at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Ugh. Is the, the way to go. But well, I, I, that's, I've, been, I've been steadily getting up at that time all this year anyway, cause I got a kid, I got to go to school. Yeah. I got a girlfriend that gets up to go to work. So it's like, I'm up anyway, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to do that because I feel like if you run in a, if, if you run in, you know, three miles or so two or three times a week, you're in pretty good shape. Sure. And you got the energy level you want. It's, it's not, you know, especially if I take off 20, 30 pounds, it's not going to be as hard on my knees. Cause I tried this last year without mm-hmm. losing the weight first and getting a basic level of fitness. And I just destroyed my knees. And every time I'd get my lungs in that my knee would act up and then I'd have to go back and take a week <laughs> or two off. And it's like this, this war of my aging joints and my fat ass breaking my body down <laughs> and my lungs getting able to handle the, the load. Ass first joints. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a new YouTube series coming to Bald Move Network. Mm-hmm. I'm going to videotape my entire progress yep. uh, running in a Speedo. Uh, so yeah, that's my, that's, that's what stands. Why it's the winter. My God, man. Why would you do that? I'm a sweater. Did I not explain that? The only way I can possibly run a 5k is in 30 degree weather and a thong or Uh, else it's just, I lose more water than I, than I can possibly take in. (laughs) It's like a sieve. Mm -hmm. Uh, so stay, stay tuned for the bald moves, bald move illusions. Uh, yep. let's see. Dan G says, what shows are you most excited about covering this year? Hmm. Well, not, not new shows, just shows. I've got a bunch, uh, Mad Men because can final season, yeah. can Matthew Weiner stick the landing? Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. I, I feel like I'm really interested to see where the leftovers goes now that they're out of book. That's one that I'm kind of really nervous about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Same. I'm looking forward to it in this kind of like car crash sort of way. But yeah. Potential car crash. Like like you go to the race because you want to see cars drive fast sure. and do awesome stuff. But you also kind of go to see the crashes. Sure. That's how I feel about the leftovers. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous too. I put, I put True Detective in the same category. Okay, Vince Vaughn. The casting of Vince Vaughn makes me nervous about that. I'm not so bothered by that, but I thought one of the unique things was you've got a writer that wrote the whole thing and a yeah. director that shot the whole thing. And now, not only they are they changing up the, the director, but it's going to be different directors. So, yeah. and, you know, it's like, 
it's I, I don't know that you can follow that up. So I'm kind of ner- I'm not looking forward to it. I'm more nervous. Um, same thing, Game of Thrones. Honestly, I'm very nervous about how they mm-hmm. navigate into the post George R. R. Martin. Like we don't have the books. Uh, we've already made some controversial changes. Now that we don't even have that to guide us, what's it going to look like? Yeah. What is how how patient is the audience going to be with that? How are the book people going to react? Again, that's something I'm looking forward to. Just I'm more morbidly curious to see how it will go. I feel like they will still make a great show on that. I I don't know if it will have the same uh, density of plot. I think they might try to like water that down a little bit, stretch it out more. Ooh. Because like you said, they're they're not working on a scaffolding here anymore. The thing that concerns me is that they seem pretty committed to wrapping this up in seven seasons. Okay. I if think I that's was a good idea. If I was hearing them saying, like, wow, we've talked to George and you know, we're gonna have eight or nine or maybe ten seasons of material, I would be more excited because that implies that there's a lot more cool stuff going to me them saying that we we no, we want to be out in seven seasons i'm kind of this is just me as a worrisome fan i do mm-hmm. this sometimes i hear that and i wonder is that code for uh we're not really confident in the back half of the story so we're going to try to compress it and get it the big points over as early as quickly as possible and try to you know make this epic in our own way yeah this is very different having books that kind of just abruptly end in the middle of a series because with with most series i would give them the benefit of the doubt and say seven seasons is the right amount of time for sure. any tv show you got seven books seven seasons okay sure i'm uh, even like throw the books out and say this is an entirely okay. new yeah, ip yeah, yeah. like seven seasons is not an abnormally long no. tv show right it's not a short one but it's not a long one um 10 seasons i don't know of many shows that go 10 seasons especially serialized dramas like there are very few, if any, that I can think of that have gone 10 seasons. That would worry me more given the status of the books or g- given that like the books aren't involved. With the books involved and the creator of the books involved, I have no idea. It's kind of like, like, so so like if in Harry Potter series, seven books, there was eight movies. Sure. And they actually split book, the last movies. book into two yep. movies, which, you know, I, whatever. But what if... Um, mm-hmm. Like in in at the end of the fourth movie, they 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 okay. so at the end of the fourth movie, if they'd say, you know, we talked to J.K. Rawlings and uh, we're going to make this a six movie set, even though there's seven. That's kind of like to me as a book reader, I'd be like, oh my god, this this has got a terrible ending that they're just trying to because the books keep getting mm-hmm. bigger and bigger, but then they're going to just condense all that into. You know, or they feel like maybe the books getting bigger and bigger is just filler. It's not super important, and so yeah. they condense it. There's definitely an argument to be made for kind, that. Kind of like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, the last Dance of Dragons, while I've grown to appreciate it, both that and Feast felt a little bloated. Huh. But like they could have used an editor to, and and he he maybe Martin's getting a little too successful. Well, he falls in this pattern where you get this like 20 pages of a character's internal monologue slash travel log where they're walking through this area, getting mm-hmm. to the next destination, and does nothing he, does he write the lyrics to the songs? No, there's if very, not I'm out. Very little singing, <laughs> and which reflects in the nope. show because apparently the only two songs that exist in the Lord of <laughs> the Bear and the Maiden Fair is the Bear and Maiden Fair and the Reigns of Castamere. Yes. Okay. But uh, he gets this thing where like you'll have a character that's walking around for 20 pages and then a massive cliffhanger happens at in the last paragraph. Mm. And then, then he goes, then the you go to another the same other thing, another thing, same thing. By the time you wrap around to that other POV, it's the aftermath of the cliffhanger. And then they're talking for 20 minutes about okay. what that meant to me and what's this, and how does this square with my life philosophy and, and how does it change how I view the world and then massive cliffhanger. And it's like that kind of got a little, little old. Doesn't feel like there's a resolution there. Like yeah. he doesn't describe the actual events that take place. He describes the things that happen around them. And it's again, that's just, that's maybe not even a fair criticism, but it's the one I'm given. So. I don't know. I am also <laughs> super nervous about Game of Thrones. Um, just from what I've heard about you, I've not read the, the newer books. You haven't read any of the books. Uh, no, I haven't read any of the books. Yeah. So it's like, 
I've heard you say that things kind of slow down. We focus on different characters, stuff like that. And I'm a little worried about that because if we lose Tyrion, I'm not like if we lose Tyrion and uh, Littlefinger, I'm I don't know what else I'm in that for. Arya, I guess Arya is a big one. So I'm I'm a little worried about that. All right. Well, we'll have to mildly interesting speculation there, Jim. Um, <laughs> I will say so. Like I haven't seen the second season of The Americans. Ah, yeah. I yeah, have yeah. to get that. I have to get that watched I before February, yeah. or I think before the end of January. Mm-hmm. And of course, I've had a lot of time off, so it only makes sense that I have marathoned Banshee. what are you doing i don't know it's my odd little way to procrastinate it makes sense that i watched all of the deadliest catch (laughs) (laughs) banshee's awesome man i'm sure it is it just doesn't pertain to anything we do no no you know you watch there's no way you can do a podcast on banshee because it's it's banshee's essentially um this dude beating the holy hell out of two or three people every episode i love it that's perfect And every three or four episodes they get into a set piece gun battle mm-hmm. and then in wash rinse repeat i so <laughs> it's the, like macgyver but replaced the awesome science stuff with beatings yeah yeah yeah, yeah. instead of him <laughs> thinking his way out of this guy punches his way out of it. perfect and love here's it. the interesting thing so in the first season they set this up this banshee um i believe this all takes place in pennsylvania Okay. Um, that's because it's some a weird rural setting. county that is in Amish County, but also Brent. Um, there, there's also, I, and I don't know if this actually take. There is a place that's like this, but you have Amish country butted up against an Indian reservation. Okay. And I don't know if this is. I meant to research this before we talked about it because uh, I was going to bring us up in the next TV gym or the TV cast. Um, yeah. But hell, I'll just just wing it. I don't know that this is a real Indian tribe. I think it's a fictionalized version of an Indian tribe. That's okay. my feeling. I won't even ask you to pronounce it. I think it's Kinawa. Kinawa. Uh, no, you're right. I shouldn't. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say the weird rice, the quinoa. Sure, quinoa. <laughs> that's, the that's quinoa. Not, that's not it. The Native American quinoa tribe. But it's it's about the, <laughs> the internal politics of that, and there's also the internal weird politics of of uh, uh, the Amish people, and and one of the big bads is this guy named Proctor, who is a excommunicated Amish from the gangster bra- from the Brown Rice tribe. Yep. <laughs> oh no, no, and. <laughs> Um, and that was really cool in season one. And I was really liking exploring those two different worlds. Season two, it opens up with a Amish boy running off with an Indian girl. And one of the, the, uh, Indian girls get the Indian girl gets murdered. And so the Banshee police, the fake police chief, cause he's not really police chief. He's actually a criminal who took the place of the police chief. This is very convoluted. How do you take the place of the police chief without people knowing? Uh, that's an ongoing plot point. Um, but so okay. he goes, then they're like, uh, well, we need to go talk to the guys over in the, the reservation and the, uh, the, the, the County Sheriff is like deputy Lieutenant's like, look, you can't do that. We have without a federal warrant, you can't just go in and start busting people up on an Indian reservation. You can't do it. All right. So please tell me that the episode that he does do it, is called Off the Reservation because if not, it's a failure of a show. Uh, no, I think it's called um, I think it's called the Warrior Way or something like that. Uh, Warrior class. See, I have no interest but now. He goes so there's <laughs> they're supposed to paint this particular Indian. He, he's this big, massive physical specimen, and he's got like a prison record, and he's all about um, like purity of the Indian like blood and his tribe and they mm-hmm. kind of make it seem like he's a prime suspect for murdering this indian girl because she went off with one of the 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 white he didn't uh, like that. quaker boys or sure. amish boys but they mount up and they go on this reservation and the whole time i'm like i started rooting like these dudes the heroes are wrong like <laughs> you can't just go on a reservation and start busting people up and arresting people and the whole time people are like you know, this is an illegal arrest. I'm like, yes, that's right. Yeah. But yeah. no consequence comes from it. Like the show itself doesn't seem to acknowledge how weird and fucked up that is. Yeah. So it's starting mm-hmm. like I'm at the tail end of season two and it's starting to lose me because I'm starting to sympathize with who I'm supposed to root against, I think. Is that what they're trying to do? Or do I you don't think, know. Do because you think they, it's that smart of a they show? They did the same thing with, well, it's not a smart show. Okay. 
But they did the same thing with that Proctor guy where he's supposed to be a villain, but then you start, you learn that he's an excommunicated Amish guy and he's kind of the protector of them. That's the uncle. But he's also got this really weird sexual relationship with his niece, which I guess you could explore that in some kind of valuable way, but this feels like it's just boner material. So like anytime they get to scene like that, I just want to take a, a long shower not like you know cooling myself off like like comet ajax <laughs> scrubbing i feel dirty sure yeah but the fights are so good man the stunt work yeah. is amazing but yeah that's that's uh all right i'm not excited to cover it. i'll probably talk about it on uh bald Moon tv because it's it's coming back for the third season i think in january on cinemax yeah no i'm excited about the americans as well i need to catch up on season two i, I saw a couple episodes but gotta get the whole thing in uh, Frack and T said, "When do you? What do you guys think about Marvel state slate of movies for the next few years? Is the superhero bubble going to burst before they make them all? You don't really care. Uh, for me, the superhero bubble burst around the time of the Avengers two. Like, I just don't care anymore. I saw the first Captain America. I saw one and two Iron Man. I all saw the, Batman, the Avengers. Right? I saw all the Batman. Yeah." Why is a burst? Why do you not like superhero movies? Uh, this is kind of a, something that I, I know this about you, but we've never really discussed it. So I don't really know that I can articulate why. Um, well, this is going to be a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it has something to do with the same reason I don't like fantasy. It's just like, uh, although I I like superhero movies a lot more. I just feel like there are too many of them at this point, and I'm I'm just not that invested in these characters hmm that's weird because it'd be one thing if you said there's too many of them the quality is suffering and i get what you're saying no, like no. when it comes to I, Thor. i hear that they're great yeah like guardians of the galaxy was amazing it was but is is it amazing when i'm a nerd who loves these characters or is it amazing when i'm just a moviegoer who no one doesn't love guardians of the galaxy characters? like really no i mean that's like it's a z-list like it's 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 like Birdman. It, I yeah yeah. I, don't, I, mean, I couldn't even tell you who Birdman is. There's like, there are. I don't believe anyone that tells me that they were a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy before the movie was. And even our buddy Eric, who was repping this movie since he heard it being greenlit. Yeah. I don't think he was a Guardians of the Galaxy fan so much as he was a fan of the guy who made the movie. And then he started reading about the yeah Marvel fan the the lore and like started getting exciting. But no, I mean I didn't get I didn't know anything about the the raccoon or Star Lord. I don't even I still couldn't tell you the names of a lot of I could tell you Groot and the Star Lord and that's it. But it's just a really entertaining film. Just like I didn't know much about Tony Stark as Iron Man. Yeah, I feel like I'm not. I don't know. A lot of times I'm not in movies just to be entertained, you know, and I feel like that's what the superhero stuff has become is just entertainment. It's no longer the commentary that it was when it was in book form, hmm. which, which interests me a hell of a lot more. Like when you say, okay, the, these characters are dealing with social issues that are super pressing at the moment. That's cool. When you say these characters are going to go shoot a bunch of people in space, I'm not, I'm not on board with that. So like, that's why I like Interstellar because it makes you think. That's why I like movies like that because they're they're asking questions, they're dealing with you know social issues, stuff like that. Well, so that's the interesting thing about the modern Marvel is their Marvel's always been about that. Like DC's always been yeah. about the mythic, godlike, just uh-huh. pure good and evil, and Marvel's always been about let's explore racism. And I like in the that 70s stuff in their comic and books. homophobia in the 90s and all this stuff. And and yeah. in the modern era of Marvel, they've talked a lot about like, you know, what is a post 9-11 universe look like in superhero terms? And what is, uh, you know, patriotism running amok look like? And what does it look like when, you know, you have a bunch of superpowered people that start to question what it means to fight for truth, justice in the American way? When when have they done that? Is that recent? Is That's that- the thing. That's the what what I think Fracken's alluding to is they're starting to move into the what they call the Civil War era of the Marvel universe. Okay. Um, starting and they got a little bit in that with Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And I didn't see that's the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. It's one. really excellent. And that's the the next Avengers is supposed to get more into that. And that's going to be after they get the Age of Ultron stuff over with. It's going to move into that. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of interested to see how they go with that kind of like 
light social commentary because obviously it's not like watching the wire or interstellar or anything no it doesn't need to be i mean it's you know i want a movie to be entertaining but i also want it to have some something else in it but i don't know that the the bubble i because what marvel seems to be doing very well is serializing all this so everything feeds into another it's kind of i like but lightly kind of because it's kind of reminds me of the old you know matinee type serials where yeah, there's 20 parts of Flash Gordon. You don't have to see three and four to dig five. You can drop in and out, and, mm-hmm. and there's enough kind of tying together. You don't have to see every one of them. But I feel like that's kind of addictive. And as long as they do like you yeah. know three or four a year, and they all kind of feed into each other, and they all prop each other up, that this is just a money factory that they can only kill by starting to um, – it's going to be interesting to see how they survive the characters aging and recasting. Because yeah, part yeah. of the brilliance has been yeah. they just perfectly cast these people. Sure, Iron Man, Tony Stark. I mean, when Robert Downey Jr. brilliant in that hangs up the helmet, what do you do? I hear he's only in for like another one. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, like and the Avengers. Same thing was like, is it Evan Peters who's the Captain America guy? Uh, no, I know his name. It's not Peters. Uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah. Um, he's like the, you know, and, and he was the human torch over in the other franchise, but he's like the perfect Captain America, I think. Yeah, he's great. I love um, number one. I, I, I think that's where Marvel's going to have a real crisis on their hands. And also, hmm. how are they going to get some of the more interesting characters like Spider-Man and, and X-Men, which they don't own the rights to, how are they going to get them back into the fold or evolve their storyline yeah. to not include those iconic characters? I don't know. I mean, it's I, I'm I'm just in the boat where the spectacle of it all doesn't attract me. Like yeah. that, that's what I feel these movies have become is spectacle. Like let's let's take a look at you know it has strikes me like the Phantom Menace except you know with decent writing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not doing any anything interesting mm-hmm. for me, so I'm not in. All right, but I get why people like them. I mean, they're you know if you if you like these characters or you like the universe that they're in and you like how serialized they are. I think that's a great way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get why people like those. Have you ever, Freddie C wants to know red scalp. It's a comic series about native American organized crime. Mm-mm. Me either, but it sounds interesting. Uh, hmm. Sounds very relevant to my Banshee interests or <laughs> waning interest in, in the, in the case. I, yeah. It's I, that's the other thing is like some of that stuff seems a little offensive too. Hmm. But uh, the other cool, funny trope about Banshee is if there is an attractive woman on screen, the lead character will have sex with her within two or three episodes, <laughs> probably standing up or okay. sitting on his bed and she's straddling him. I mean, it's like that's Cinemax does it, sex like you're either standing up or you're mm-hmm. up sitting upright. I don't know why that is, but that's the way they do it. Well, I don't, when you're in that good of shape, I guess, you know, you want to make things interesting uh the one other thing i want to talk about before we leave is uh destiny okay i my son has been hounding me to get him destiny because you I got won't, it i won't let him play halo because it's a mature rated game and i have to kind of like balance between like i wouldn't give it i wouldn't really care if he plays halo or halo huh but it's and i don't know why it's m rated probably because of language and i guess th- things get a little rough in in halo 2 which i've never played i've only played halo 4 mm. um it's the cortana stripping scene it's yeah i mean it's, well and she is like a new, essentially a nude character uh but destiny is essentially is is halo that's t-rated okay mm-hmm. and i've heard nothing but kind of lukewarm praise to heavy criticism of the game but i got it for him because it's i i intended to give him the ps3 and you can play it on both versions and the characters carry over. Yeah, that's awesome. And you get it, you know, buy buy it on one, get it for free. And you got it for other. free until yeah. like right about now. Um, so I got it and I watched him play quite a bit and I started getting into it. And I don't understand why everyone hates this game so much. It's like a really, really solid shooter in an interesting science fiction setting with some, I think, non-bullshitty MMO stuff bolted onto it. And maybe that's the thing, because I've never played an MMO, 
because I, you know, just like I, I say no to heroin, I uh-huh. say no to MMOs. Uh, and <laughs> I including Eve, which if Eve two ever comes out, you and I are both getting on that day one, man. Yeah. And then day they, one. And, and I've heard that Eve is a pretty good MMO because you don't have to grind or you yeah. do, but you can like set your guys, tell your guy to grind and log off. And when you come back on, he's been grinding the whole time. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't played a lot of modern shooters. How much did you hear about this game leading up to its release? Nothing. Okay, that's the difference. It was so, the hype? It, dude, if you weren't hype for this game, I imagine it's okay. If you were following this game during the time of its promotion before its release, it had a $500 million budget. It was supposed to be the most impressive game ever made they essentially had to remake halo the bungie sure. team had to remake halo without using the halo ip which is yeah. tough sure i mean you you bring in some some artists who have maybe a slightly different perspective and and, and get things done that way but i mean the the scale of this game was supposed to be impressive on every level mm-hmm. um and that was that was the marketing machine saying like you will never encounter someone with the same weapon as you because there are so many options and so many things to do and and customizability and none of that came to fruition. Well, it was it was it all could be true, but like the you know in the sense that this guy's got a Mark twenty eight pulse rifle and you've got a Mark seventeen pulse rifle. Sure. Like there's only like seven different types of primary weapons seven That's different types of secondary and, weapons and people just when they saw what the game was and they they knew what the game was supposed to be mm. or was always touted as the the disparity between those two things was monumental mm. and that's the reason that so many people say this game has no content whatsoever uh so i feel like if you didn't that's buy crazy. into all that hype or you didn't hear about all that hype to begin with then huh. you probably appreciate the game a lot more and the other thing I appreciate is the, that the core mechanics are great from what I hear. They are. It's yeah. like one of the best feeling shooters I've ever played. Yeah. They say it's better than Halo, but it's it's in the same sure. uh, universe as Halo. But the other thing about it when they people say that is like I haven't had granted I'm we're only like level 15 on one character, but I haven't had a grind. I've just played story missions and a few like the first time a patrol area. Mm-hmm. So do you know how that works? Each uh no, each exactly. planet has like a story track where you have to go to different locations and solve the unlock next burst. But there's also like this big open patrol area where you just wander around and you do whatever. And there's like random missions that spawn. There's random public missions. And we, whenever one of those are unlocked, we go there to try it out. But like I have yet to grind and I'm, I don't think I will have to grind to get to the level 20, which is where people say the game really begins, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, yeah, and everyone the said that like Peter Dinklage did a terrible job as the ghost character. I don't agree. I think he did. I think he did. They say he phoned it in, but he's first of all his voice is passed through a heavily modulated kind of robot effect, and he's a robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a robot. You can't expect Tyrion from the Game of Thrones. Like he's not <laughs> that. He's a goddamn robot. Uh huh. And he's there to deliver the plot to you because that's the shakiest aspect of the game. The plot doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I say the story is shit. They and drop you in the middle of something and you kind of have to uncover it as you go. But I, I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun with it. They, they, From what I've heard, and I haven't played the game, so I'm going to you know, bow to your opinion on this, but from what I've heard, all the missions are basically the same. Go here, get your robot hooked up to a computer, fight things off while that's the, true while that the, true. the robot does his thing while peter dinklage talks to the computer and that's it but i mean you can say the same thing about infamous you get a phone call you go to this billboard and guys show up and you have to beat but them for down people, yeah so i don't know for people who've been playing mmos like for a long time maybe this is a factor but i think there is more variety to missions it's not just this one style i know but it's still, you know they they have stuff where you go they have collect missions where you go and you collect right you get beaver things. pelts or people don't really pieces, like those yeah. exactly yeah. Uh, then they have like escort missions which I fucking hate yeah I hate escort sure. missions uh, but they have a variety of of types of missions hmm. I feel like from what I've heard Destiny doesn't really do much of that no to me it's like each each individual session is a finely crafted 
ever the le- the levels are pretty unique and the terrain and the way the enemies attack you is the variety it's like essentially a hundred it, it's kind of like you can lay that like battles of westeros right it's the same mm-hmm. thing you just move plastic pieces around you shake and you roll the dice yeah what makes interesting is the different units and a different terrain and that's what destiny it, everything is like you got different cover and different uh train i thought i was going to be bugged by the fact that the planets are not different at all mm-hmm. like whether you're on the moon or the no earth or mars or venus there's no differences in gravity at all yeah but it didn't really bo- bo- bug me because there's a lot of difference in the way the train looks and behaves and the characters and the art it, it's a beautiful game it is beautiful especially right. on next gen hardware yeah but i don't know i don't know I, I feel like maybe if it was something other than just this base defense every single time it might be better huh but uh, but I haven't played it, so I don't really know. Yeah, I feel like if you like me are kind of new to modern shooters and have never played MMOs, maybe it's like the perfect crack. Yeah, maybe but like so. same thing with Infamous. Like I always be Infamous. I always play it good, and I go back and play Evil because I have so much fun with the mechanics. Yeah, I'm. I can't wait to get my guy leveled up to where I can go back and try one of the other classes and do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, this has been the video game cast. Let's take yeah, yeah. <laughs> take a couple more couple more things here, and then we got to get out of here. Okay. Um, Keith F. Oh, man. Uh, Amy, who is Keith's wife, mm-hmm. uh, loved the Anne of Green Gables podcast you made for her. You guys are pros. Even though it wasn't your favorite movie, you did a great job covering it. Whole family is cracking up Christmas morning listening. <laughs> I am relieved <laughs> yeah. to hear that because mm-hmm. we were scared. We hate doing – we hate – I mean, I hate making uh, – and of course we didn't like hate that movie, but I hate it's just totally not our thing. Yeah. I, I hate the idea of like, like someone says, do you like X? And I'm like, nah, like, like fracking T asked me on the forums of the day. Like, you know, how come you guys don't talk about Battlestar Galactic? Cause like, I fucking hate it. I hate that show. <laughs> I have this complex also where I hate, I hate taking money for a product that I don't feel yeah, is super valuable. Sure. And so when someone, pays us to do a movie that i don't love uh-huh. i feel like i'm not delivering what what, what they, they want. wanted yeah and so i feel like I, the taking their money is not warranted and so i'm i'm really relieved to hear that yes that you guys enjoyed it yes. uh i was i was deathly afraid of that podcast <laughs> yeah i know i know i mean I, it took me two sessions to finish that movie sure because it's a three plus hour movie and i was like oh god i'm an hour and 15 minutes into this, how am I ever going to slog through the rest of it? Right, right. But no, that's uh, super cool to hear. Um, Let's see. Keith also asks, ever thought about recording and releasing as a podcast of lunch shows? I miss most because of work. You really could do it with no edit, just record and release. One question per caller. (laughs) Keith, no. Well, the thing is, is like, so... Every month we send out, and you're, I'm about to send out probably this weekend through these uh, subbable and the Patreon streams, the archives. Mm-hmm. And I know you can watch the, the the lunches. You don't have to attend them live. So uh, you just can't ask questions and stuff. And I believe there's a lot of apps where you can just stream the vid- the audio from the YouTube. Oh, okay. right. So Probably, I don't know. The, the problem with the lunch of Jim and Aaron is we'd have to download it and then rip the audio and then encode it and then re-upload it. So you're going to add like, you know, 30 minutes of work probably to each, each one. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but like we're already at the margins where some, you know, coming up in, in February and March, we're really going to be strapped for time to even do the core business stuff that we need to do to, to keep ball move moving on top of the content we produce. So what yeah. I'd like to do is, figure out a better way to kind of collect and archive this stuff so people can just browse it and then you know and maybe recommend a technical solution if you want to turn the youtube into an audio because i know there's like android's got tons of apps where you can just do that you don't get the video you just get the audio component of it yeah maybe we could do that in the forum in the vip section yeah that might be it's weird about the vip because that's subbable as well yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to have like a VIP Patreon, a VIP subable. Just need to unite this all under like a bald move club. That's sort of deal. That's one of the goals for the 2015. End goal I would love to have at the end of 2015. Club bald move. It's not subable. It's not Patreon. You go right to bald and, and gives you access to everything for one price. Yeah. No, none yeah. of this tiered bullshit. 
Because yeah. that honestly, the logistics of maintaining these tiered yeah. systems on multiple platforms is just getting to be a nightmare. So we'd like to switch to that. But yeah, I don't know. Um not really not really gonna do that as a podcast, I guess. Yeah. Because it's the other thing is we'd have to figure out a way to make it you plus know, a lot of the stuff only. we do is visual. Um, because this is a video show. Except like, this one, we've just been sitting here like lumps. Yeah, this is an exception. But the, like, if you go to the Halloween episode, the pumpkin carving stuff, you yeah. definitely want to see that. Like Christmas unwrapping gifts and stuff. This show is More primarily video. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to keep it that way. It's it's something different from podcasts. So. Um, and let's see. I think that's it. I think that's it for this episode of uh, Lunch with Jim and Aaron. Okay. We'll be back with another one next week. And I don't know, when does Justified come back? January, sometime. <laughs> it's, come, it's either coming back on like the 8th, which in that case I need to get to watching, or it's See, I'm all back. caught up on Justified. That's the one. The, the, one that I, the only thing I have to really catch up. Oh, January 20th. You still got some time. Well, what about the Americans? The Americans might come back soon, right? No, the American comes back end of... January, I want to say. Does it? Okay. American season three. God, if it comes back like two weeks from now, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you have two seasons to watch. I just have one. No, I've, I've got. I, I think I only have the finale of season one to finish. Oh, really? So I haven't like done nothing with it. Huh. Uh, January twenty eighth. Yeah, I got a whole month. I can do that. No problem. I can knock that out in a weekend. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will be knocking out Justified in a weekend. Also, and- also, I started Peaky Blinders. No oh boy. I'm okay. watching everything but what I have to watch right, to get right. the thing done. I do that too. I, so, um, what's well, it's also weird because yeah, I don't know. Um I can't remember the other reason. Cuz cuz there's some stuff I try to watch with my girlfriend cuz she likes to watch it with me, yeah. but I can't do that with everything. So like I have to make decisions like, okay, you're out on Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Sorry babe. <laughs> Sorry babe. I'll leave you in the dust. You're out. Um yeah. But uh, sure, that's the other thing. I, I started watching Peaky Blinders is because Kelly and Tom are going to start covering it on Up Yours Downstairs. Yeah. And uh, I said, if it's good, I wouldn't mind like sitting in once a season to do like, you know, guest cast. I did the Lawrence of Arabia cast with them and it was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I like Celia Murphy. I should probably get on that. It's interesting. The pilot I thought was going to go like one of the all time great pilots, like with like up with there with the shield for a mind blowing twist at the end. Huh. But then they went back on that twist and I'm not sure how I feel about that. And it soured my enjoyment of the second episode too. Um, but the nice thing about Peaky Blinders is one of those weird BBC things where it's season six episodes. So like yeah, you're yeah, two yeah. seasons behind, but that's not even a full season of American TV. So who cares? Who cares? Sure. Uh, the other thing we gotta do is get this Christmas shit out of here, man. That yeah, it is no it's longer gone. Christmas. Monday, yeah. Monday, it's gonna be gone. We're boxing it up, so say we're goodbye. burning it. We're say setting goodbye. on fire. No, we're not. Yeah. Say goodbye to the bald move Christmas decoration. We're just gonna revert back to uh, the the regular bald move stuff. Cool. Um, all right, guys, thanks for joining us. We yeah, happy will, New Year to everybody. Happy New Year. We'll see you uh, next big, week. Big things in store for bald move. I hope. Yep. Yeah, me we'll too. <laughs> bye bye.